What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number five of Talking Sci-Fi with uh, Sci-Fi Sean and... Randy. Just plain Randy. Um, <laughs> we have a guest, uh, again, uh, you might have remembered him from our last podcast. This is Thomas Galvin III. Um, this week's episode is a very interesting subject, which can go in many different direct directions, backwards, forwards, sideways, interdimensional... We're talking time travel. Oh, I thought you were going to say the wonka Vader. It was the wonka Vader. <laughs> was the wonka Vader actually the TARDIS that was not completely built yet? So we're going to talk about time travel. We're just going to throw it out there. We have an hour, and talking about time travel as a subject is weeks, days, months, years long conversation. So we're going to try to cram it into about 45 minutes to an hour, and we're going to be looking into methods of time travel, vehicles to time travel with, what is the outcome of time travel, who are time travelers, and etc. So we all have a broad perspective of different time travels. We have a Doctor Who expert, I would say, well, kind of expert. Your wife loves it, so that makes you love it. Okay. Um, Randy, he likes uh, kind of uh, offshoot kind of time travel things like uh, Bill and Ted. Yeah, we're, we're going to that. And I, of course, as usual... Star Trek guy. I'm going to bring in some Star Trek aspects. We're going to talk about the Avengers. Um, you know, everybody's all about spoilers these days. So we try not to spoil too much, but when we do, we'll warn you up front so you can mute your sound or you don't want to know. Or You know, if you're watching this show, you've already watched all these movies. Yeah, like opinion, it, yes. So you got it. You know, I haven't seen the new Spider-Man movie. You were talking about that. That's right. The, uh, Far From Home. Yep. So, you know, I... I, I, I'm a wait for DVD person. Yes, folks, I watch DVDs still. I'm old as dirt. I'm old as compact disc. So, but, you know, I don't have the Netflix and all that. Um, so, as we're going to jump off, Thomas, give us a time travel subject. A time travel? Oh, good God. Oh, good uh, God. <laughs> what? Great Scott. Great. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Jeez, I didn't know I was going to be put on the spot like this. I own a time machine. You do? <laughs> you own a time machine. This I know. It's not just any time machine. It is the time machine. It's not a blue box. It's not a Klingon bird of prey that you can get up the speed of light and go around the sun. It is a slingshot. It is Ooze. H.G. Wells's time machine from the 1960 movie, The Time Machine, directed by George Powell. I have actually seen this time machine that Thomas speaks of many times. It is phenomenal. We just did a cosplay panel with you. We'll bridge off into this just for a few seconds. But what inspired you out of all the time travel things from DeLoreans to um, phone booths, what inspired you to do H.G. Wells' time machine? Uh, it's my cosplay background, and I was getting into steampunk, and I wanted to do something outlandish and uh, Nautilus was out of the question because they're a little big. Right. Uh, and again, I'm all about props and prop making. So I figured this would be the ultimate prop to build. Hmm. And it took me over a year and a half to put this together. So it is a... It is a working time machine without the time travel aspect. It moves through time, but well, it moves through space, not time. <laughs> right. It moves through space. I got you. It's, a, it's an amazing thing. But why ain't she Wells? Well, H.G. Wells and Jules Verne are typically known as the inspiration or the foundation for steampunk. 
right? Their writings, uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, The Time Machine, The Invisible Man, all these are the Victorian science fiction of their era. Right. And so it was a lot of the basis for steampunk. So when I wanted to do steampunk, I was like, well, what is the, what, where does, where are the origins? And so that I realized that's what it was. And within my research, and I said, ooh, and I love science fiction and I love prop making. So I figured, let's try and do this one. He, he always uh, tends to arrange somehow to bring your time machine to sci-fi Barto, which is uh, 2020 is February the 15th in downtown Barto. It's free. It's a Main Street Barto event. You can see this time machine. And I would, I just want to go off on that for a little bit because uh, it's an amazing uh, piece. And I'm going to call it a piece of artwork. Thank it, you. It's artwork. Um, um, we're going to do another. We're going to have Thomas back for another uh, interview about uh, prop building and things in the near future. And I want to break down how you built that. But we're actually going to focus on time travel today. Randy, if you had to pick one time travel movie, and it's not the Flintstones meets the Great Gazoo or anything, <laughs> uh, what would you say was your most favorite time travel movie or television show? It would, Back to the Future would have to be number one on my list. All three of them, matter of fact. Okay. You know, I don't know why, if it was because it was the 80s. I loved the music at the time. Okay, I liked cars. I grew up working on cars with my dad. always wanted the DeLorean. Uh, and just to see, you know, this crazy scientist running around hollering, great Scott, and asking, oh, heavy, is things wrong in the, the future? And Michael J. Fox using the cassette player to wake up McFly from the ape, from the, the monster from outer space. Oh, you know? it was Darth Vader. Right, yeah. From the planet Vulcan. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that whole concept of the pictures fading, giving him time, he has time to make these decisions or these things right before he fades away. And I like that concept of the time travel. Okay. You know? So that that was you know, played a big part as a kid in me liking time travel. You know, I've never got into Doctor Who, but the DeLorean was just always wow. I you know, I always thought, man, they should have made the speed a little faster. You know, eighty eight miles per hour is not that fast. We've got to look at the time. Eighty eight miles an hour in those days when they had cars, that was usually the, the farthest it went on the speed. Well, that's you know, true. So, yeah. Because you know, we weren't like having the Autobahn here or anything. Mm -hmm. So one of my favorite okay, so we talk about the DeLorean, right? And everybody, you know, we have DeLorean show up at Sci Fi Barto. But one of my favorites is when the car when the doctor left it in the mining tunnel mm. for seventy years in order and the tires were dry rot. When he sent the letter and the the older doctor and Michael J. Fox had to go dig the car out of the mining tunnel, they had to put white wall tires yep. from the 50s right. on that DeLorean. And if I ever owned a DeLorean, by God, it would have the red rims, oh, that's great. The, the, great white, the white walls, the jacked up in the front a little bit, you know, because the tires were bigger and stuff. So anyways, that was my favorite. I, I'd have to say that was my favorite. I've got the collection of the three Ertl. Um, oh, Ertl uh, DeLoreans. I want to bridge off on what you were saying about yeah. them hiding DeLorean. If you guys have ever had a chance, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, there's a, a movie that Seth McFarlane did called A Million Ways to Die in the West. They tip their hat to Back to the Future big time in that movie. Don't let your kids watch it. It's really meant for adults. Meant for adults big time. There's a lot of language and violence and Sexual innuendos. I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, if you're a Seth MacFarlane fan, it is Seth MacFarlane 1000%. But 
They, they, they and Randy brought up a really good uh, movie. So you're gonna be my Back to the Future guy. Okay. What's your favorite? You're gonna say Back to the Future. Oh, uh, it's it is no. a top. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about Vessel or I, actually. My favorite time travel movie is actually Somewhere in Time with Christopher Reeve. That's a great one. I, I love that. I, I'm a hopeless romantic at heart, so I love that film. I love the his mind took him back. Correct. And I so, love that movie too. It's a very it's who was the female? Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour, that's right. Um, great movie. Not a, a lot of people know it's a time travel movie. Like, what, what is it? What is it? So you watch it. It's a, it's a really great chick flick. I think something you go to date night with. It's it's, a, it's got everything that. And, uh, it's got uh, action, intrigue, mystery, time travel. Basically, Sex. what's his time travel method? He hypnotizes himself. Okay. To go back in time, he he basically it's it's mind over matter. So he focuses on he's in a place that doesn't change. So he said they set up the Grand Hotel up in Michigan, and uh, so in his opinion, the the building, the facade, the look of it doesn't really change that much. So he's able to put himself in that time period. So he self-hypnotizes to travel back to 1912. Is he able to change time or is it just a in his no. mind situation? Uh, you don't know. I took it as it's an eternal loop. I got you. And it's, it's, That's great. it's a good one. Spoiler alert, if you've never seen this movie, the way he comes back by oh. accident, oh, actually traumatic. It was very traumatic. It's a highlight of the movie and it's something so simple that it makes so much since ouch, <laughs> that's great, and we're going somewhere with this conversation. My favorite time travel episodes, movies, and everyone knows I'm the Star Trek guy here. I think Star Trek has taught me how time travel really works. They've done it from the original series through um, Voyager, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Enterprise, and Discovery. Um, they've all touched up the movies. They had an entire movie where they took a um, one of Randy's favorite Star Trek movies. They took a stolen Klingon bird of prey and slingshot it around the sun and went back to save some humpback whales. That is Randy's favorite Star Trek movie. Yes, it is. But they've, they've done it every way. Even in the future, uh, when they do, they'll have a Voyager episode where there's actually a, you've heard of the, the Prime Directive, both of mm -hmm. you have. They have a temporal uh, prime directive where Kirk, Captain James Kirk, had the um, the the cap on most time travel uh, incursions until Captain Janeway came along and she went above Captain Kirk because she messed up time more than Kirk did. But I love the way in, in the original uh, original Star Trek where the uh, it was always an accident when the Enterprise got sucked back in time. They went back to when the first um, moon launch was. Other things, they've actually done it on purpose by doing the slingshot effect, which is getting a ship in warp fast enough to go around the back of the sun, and the gravitational pull pulling away from that actually projects you back in time. Sometimes they're good at it, sometimes they're not. But my point of talking about this, because I could talk about it all day, with the three different uh, types of time travel we just spoke of, we're going to get into a few more. Um, when um, Avengers Endgame came out, mm -hmm. and for those who, spoiler alert, I'm sure everyone on the universe, because it just surpassed Avatar yeah. as being the number one movie, mo most money-making movie, which means, like, everybody, their brother, their sister, and their third cousin have seen uh, Endgame at this point. 
They have an aspect on time travel. It's based on time travel, the show is, or the movie is. But they came up at one point and they said, well, all this you know about time travel from Star Trek to Back to the Future to Bill and Ted is bullshit. It, that doesn't how time travel works. That point being said made me not like Endgame about oh. this much. Only oh. this much. Not a whole lot. But they said that uh, they threw everything that all of us have grown up on right. of how time travel uh, theoretically works. Um, what's your thoughts on what I'm saying? I, well, I actually was just rewatching it the other day. I got it on digital. And I really need to f- analyze what uh, Banner says. The whole, Professor Banner. Yeah, Professor Hulk. Yep. Uh, <laughs> says, I gotta try to get it right, um, on what the rules are. Because I, if you analyze it, maybe it was the same. But I always felt Back to the Future was the most perfect Right. Time travel movie ever made because there were consequences on the and he draws it out on the board. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it goes, we did this, we screwed this up, and then we got a tangent. We got to go back to this point, fix it, and stuff like that. So I always thought those films were perfect time because he goes, well, if you go back in time, you can't change it. It's a new future, but it is a new future because when he comes back, his parents are successful. Right, and mom's not an alcoholic, and all this stuff. Was a detailing guy. I always felt Back to the Future was the quintessential perfect in continuity time travel th- three-parter so i agree uh, i think uh back to the future should be the basis of all time travel movies <laughs> in my opinion yeah doctor who that's great he's a time traveler but and he messes up time some i'm gonna say that's more about. adventurous more adventurous you know but you you if you look at god there are so many time travel movies like your bill and ted mm-hmm. they did a comical look on it of right. kind of They've changed consequences in their movies as well, too, which yep. they're uh, about to. They've been filming a new Bill and Right, absolutely. Yeah, which is yeah. really awesome. The whole concept, I, I love music, so the whole concept that the earth is in perfect harmony based on a group's music. Mm-hmm. What stallions? What are they called? The Wild Stallions. The Wild Stallions. The wild stallions. Yeah, yeah. You know? And uh, <laughs> that whole concept really drew me in. And, of course, I was in school, so the book report Mm-hmm. You know, um, I have stage fright. I can't get up there and do that type of stuff. You've grown on and that. I, you're right. You're right. And that showing the different characters that they picked up, you know, and then taking them back and using chewing gum to keep the time machine running. How simple is that? Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I just thought that, you know. Something happened to the antenna and they put like a clothes hanger yeah. or something up yeah. there. Well, the antenna was a, an umbrella. An umbrella. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. But they had everybody chew gum. You know, and, and some of them had never even seen gum, you know. To hook this antenna umbrella back together so that they could get back to the book report. Nice. So, yeah, I find that yeah, fascinating. There are so many aspects that we could touch on between um, time travel. Um, almost every television show that has anything to do with science fiction has touched on it. The Simpsons, Family Guy. Um, gosh, uh, Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty, oh, the time tunnel. <laughs> Y'all remember the time tunnel old uh, television show? I was asked to replicate an, an Oculus from the move from the TV show Travelers. Yep. And I was like, and that's where I was at my prop makers. I was like, no, find somebody else. Cause it was all that, that brass turning with the, with the globe in the center. Yeah, I was like, like, yeah, I remember that. Sure, it was, it was yeah. really awesome. I was like, nope, I'm not making that one. <laughs> There's too many moving parts. There are too many moving parts. I mean, you know, you look at all aspects of movies and television shows. Somehow they either made fun of time traveling to 
Um, even in Batman, Batman Beyond, they make they have a big uh, time travel episode with that um, as well, and it's like in everything. And that was a good. Uh, do you remember the episode I'm talking about where the the guy found the time travel device and he was changing oh. time to make him oh yes self and all of a sudden here's a here's a knight riding on the back of a stegosaurus coming through. The best part the, was when the the show ended. Yeah, and he was stuck in his own loop. Yes. He couldn't get out of it. That's right. Forever. He was second to time with him forever. I'm like, ah. Real quick on uh, Bill and Ted. Yes. One of the things that I liked about Bill and Ted is that they could think about going back in time at a later date and it would appear. Oh, yes. That little concept there also drew me in. You know, it says, hey, yeah, we got to go get your dad's keys in the future and bring them back here and hide them in the bush. And then they appear. So that was a new spin on the time period. So did... The writers and, and, and producers steal that idea for Back to the Future because they did that in, in the second Back to the Future kind of in a way. We have to go back and fix these things. Right. You know, what do you think? I don't know. That's deep. I, think, I, don't, I, don't think, I think it was more comedy elements that yeah, was being done. I mean, yeah. it worked, but they were it, they were like, it was all tongue-in-cheek. Right. So it was exactly. like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we did this? Yeah, we, okay, so don't forget to do this. and. But it happened. Okay, great. Let's go. It's right. Always, exactly. And that's what I liked about it because it was the comedy. You know, he has a cassette player that says, hey, Dad, Dad, over here. <laughs> you know, and that was all because he thought about going in the future, creating a tape, putting it there, coming back to where he is right now, and now the tape player. Mm. You know, so I, I kind of like that. I have never, I've seen this movie I'm about to mention once, and I hope... One of the both of you may have heard of it, but the butterfly effect. I have seen it, but it's been so long I couldn't really tell that you is, about. Was that where Ashton Kutcher blows up a mailbox and somebody dies, and then he spends his whole life trying to? Is it that? Oh, okay. I'm thinking of something else. Because he changes the timeline and one day, and he'll come back with no arms because they got amputated. And because then, he got too close and it blew up in his face right. and trying to correct the situation. And, for, and forgive it because I'm... Fantastic movie. You're it, right. It is a fantastic it, movie. It is. Yeah, I, I it's sad too. It is very sad, but there's, like I said, there's all types of um, ideas and devices to time travel with. Um, I want to start off this next thing about how to time travel. Um, what got me hooked into the time travel world and really thinking about it and reading about it was it was Ray Bradbury remade a, um, I forget who he got it from because we're just two guys talking about sci-fi and I don't remember names and movies, but there was a short on, it was Outer Limits or some type of show like that. It might have even been the Ray Harris, not Ray Harris, but uh, the uh, Ray Bradbury show where in the future they had um, uh, um, copyrighted time travel. You can go and go on time travel. It's based on a short story. Yep, based on a short story. Delicate Sound of Thunder. That's right. And where they get the butterfly effect. Right. Correct. That's where I was going with this. It's because of that. And uh, I was going to say it's how they took that movie and oh god, they just ruined Delicate Sound of Thunder to the movie. They it was, did. It was, and it was. I agree. It was horrible. But that was always one of my favorite Ray Bradbury stories. I loved it. That that idea. It is. They would actually they had made these hunting expeditions where you could travel back in time and kill a dinosaur. Right? <laughs> so um, it turns out, you know, it's a great utopian world, everything was peaceful, everything was great, and like, oh okay, so they want to go on this adventure and you had to stay on this lighted bridge or path that was like elevated where you wouldn't touch the ground or anything. And they went back and studied where this Tyrannosaurus Rex was actually going to die. So if they killed it, it was going to die anyway, and it wouldn't mess up 
That was the premise, correct? Yes. I'm close to that, right? Because mm -hmm. it's been a long time since I read the short story, but I remember the, the, the scenes. So something happens, guy goes back, steps off the lighted bridge because the T-Rex, the he misses the T-Rex or something, or he falls on the bridge. I can't remember exactly. The guy steps off the bridge and steps on his butterfly on the ground, on a bush, doesn't realize it. They come back in time and... Uh, here I go with the Nazis again. Nazi mm. Germany won World War II yeah. and changed the future, and yeah, now they were criminals. And he goes, why? And at the end of the show, the movie, he looked down, and he'd step, there was a butterfly stuck to the bottom of his shoe, and that one butterfly, that one moment, changed, changed the way the, wow. humanity developed. Yep. And I love that concept. And another reason why, you know, I, Endgame pissed me off with that whole situation with the time travel thing. I'm linking it all to that. <laughs> Not trashing in game. Best movie. Time I heist. love it. It's a time heist. So um love that. That bridge and the way they went was much like Time Tunnel was. Time Cop was similar to that. What was the one with Paul Walker where they go back to the Middle Ages? Oh crap. Uh and it, that that whole scenario where they're standing there with the mirrors refracting reminded me of Endgame. Yes. I can't remember. What was this? I... It was with Paul Walker. They go back to the Middle Ages, and they're like, going, oh, we're going to be kings here. But it, it, by, they're a going to... No, that was... That was the hip That's Heath Ledger. Yeah, right. I can't remember. That doesn't matter. I'll but have to find You guys that out. know. We'll I'll have to out. find that out. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it was a decent one, because they're at an archaeological dig, and they find a pair of glasses, and they realize... They are finding relics of one of the archaeological, the people that are on the site. It's a relative. Right. And they're like, well, how the hell is my Uncle Pete here? And he wants right. to know, come save me. Right. And so they go, they end up finding out that time travel is possible, but only at this one moment. So they go back to try to save them. And it was, it was a good I remember concept. the movie. Yeah. I just can't remember the name of it. That's the whole thing. Slipsky. Some of, and that has a medieval name to it, but you guys know yeah. people are screaming at the radio ah, in the, in the comment section. It's this, you dumbass. Yeah, that's what it is. You guys get it. We may not. So, okay, that was a good. How did they time travel back in that movie? They created some sort of refraction. It was like they had made something for surveying, and it accidentally created a wormhole to this one space and moment in time, and that's it was all based around this French and English Middle Ages war. Mm. And it was the only place they could ever, they couldn't like ex change the parameters to go someplace else. It was only this one point in time. Right. Which one of you guys remembers a movie called The Final Countdown? By Europe? Yeah, I was going yeah, to say. Europe sings a song, and I think about this movie every time. Um, USS Nimitz, which was an aircraft carrier, mm -hmm. was out in the ocean. And it's in the late 70s, early 80s, and um, they um, some storm comes off the horizon like a hurricane. And I, where'd this storm come from? It's chasing it. It turns out it's a space uh, time vortex, and they get the whole uh, USS Nimitz big aircraft carrier, nuclear aircraft carrier, right. gets sent back to the day Pearl Harbor gets attacked. Oh my goodness! Have you ever seen this movie? I think so. I thought it was the Philadelphia experience. No, that's another good one that I we'll thought talk about. It was similar to that. This was a storm. Um, uh, God, Douglas, older guy. Joe Ship. What's it? What's, no, what, no. what's the Kirk Douglas was the captain of the USS Nimitz, and there were a lot of movie stars in it. So they get a chance to go back, and they realize, well, hell, 
there's little airplanes coming. They figure out that it's the Japanese Air Force coming to bomb Pearl Harbor. So they start launching all these jets that we're going to change it. This is not going to happen. And all of a sudden, a storm mysteriously comes back when the ship, when the planes launch, sucks them back in. Long story short, yada, yada, yada. Guy gets left behind. Um, and they go back to the future, go back to the future, and <laughs> everything's fixed. They didn't get to fight. Great movie, um, Final Countdown. Check it out. Um, other ways of time travel. We've talked about a bridge. We talked about a guy hypnotizing himself. Necklaces. Necklaces. Time Turner and Harry Potter. Time Turner, Harry oh, Potter. Wow. That's a good yes, one. Yeah. Um, I always thought that was that. Um, that was in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes. My favorite Harry Potter movie, in my opinion, out of all of them, if you could pick one. And if the, the one of the greatest moments in that is actually just to listen to the John Williams soundtrack when that gets started. I'm a John Williams nut, by the way. Absolutely. Um, is the the ticking in the soundtrack? Mm -hmm. He just keeps the ticking going through that whole sequence. The, through them you saving, know, you know, she's time traveling with through the saving buckbeat. Yeah, you always hear. It. To know that they have time traveled and their time wow. is running out uh, from what they're doing to catching up to the present. And it was one of the most well done uh, time travel moments. I thought what really attracted me to that is you'd see it the way it went in regular time. Yes. Then they go and do the time turner. Then you'd see the background like what just hit me uh, in the back. And they turn around. It was them in the alternate timeline, right. I guess. Yes. Helping yes. them save what was going on. That was why Back to the Future 2, I liked it, because they went back and saw the background of those. Right. You know, he's laying on the ground after McFly punched Biff, and then Marty McFly runs up and pulls the magazine out of his coat pocket. Yeah. Right. You know, of course, you didn't see that in the first one because it hadn't happened yet. Right. So that's the type of stuff that I like. You mentioned the Philadelphia Experiment. Saw that as a kid. I, I have that. I have both those movies. And I, if you guys want to borrow them, but I feel that scene there. Give a re recap um, of it real quick. Nineteen fifties. Uh, they're doing. They're doing a no. It's a eighties movie. Oh, is it? Oh, no. uh, they are experimenting with how to cloak a ship of war. Water. Oh, okay. So they're building this thing. So they're going to cloak this battleship. So, um, which happens in the forties. 50s. So they start this thing and the ship disappears and never is to, they can never find it again. Turns out it got sucked into a, a space vortex mm -hmm. and um, they did the experiment again in the 80s and with a building, and the building disappeared. It's not cloaked, it's gone. It's went up into the space vortex. Well, the sailors on the battleship that got sent up in space, they jumped off and they landed uh, in the 80s. So now they're going through the whole, you know, what is all this technology and all this? Right. So um, it, it turns out they're trying to do these experiments and in the uh, ship and the building that got sucked up in the vortex, the devices were left on, and that's why it would not break the cycle. Yeah. So they had to go up into this, like almost like a tornado, and um, turn these uh, devices off which was the whole premise of the movie. Right. Um, and when they did, it was, the ship was all, came back, they all came back at the same time, but the crew members that were on the ship, they molecularly changed, they got stuck in the metal, and yeah. you'd walk down, there'd be a guy with his hand stuck up out of the deck. Another great time travel movie based on an accident. Yeah, sounds interesting. You know? Right. Well, it's a very, if you ever get a chance, it's a great movie. The problem with a lot of younger people, not knocking younger people or anything, Older movies were really awesome when we were growing up, but now you look at them like, oh, there's the stream. Oh, that technically doesn't happen. 
things have changed. We talked about it in our Star Trek Discovery uh, um, talk a few weeks ago. But you just got to get through it because I just things... rewatched something the other day and that had much more significance as a child. That I rewatched, I was like, "Oh my god, the acting is completely horrible." <laughs> what was it? I rewatched the eighties. It. Oh, <laughs> I, I have seen nothing to do with time travel, but no, that's cool. Uh, oh my god, that was so. I thought that movie was so scary when I was again. I rewatched. I was like, "One." No. Is that the one you and I were talking about a few weeks ago where you couldn't remember the name of the movie and you were looking for it and you were helping me try to remember what it is? No, I still can't remember that I'm, one. I've been thinking about it. I can't. It was some science fiction 50s stuff. Right. Just real quick, to touch on what you're talking about. I sit down with my kids and we watch the old uh, Friday the 13th and the Halloweens and the, uh, the uh, Freddy Krueger movies mm-hmm. and I go, oh my God, I was so scared of these movies as a kid growing up. And it just, it's like, wow, ooh, this is not really that bad. And to them, it's not really that bad. I'm thinking, wow. (laughs) There are things, just just do an offshoot of the time travel. There are things from you've watched or or seen from your childhood that still bother me. Right. Um, Remember the show Space 1999? I do. I barely remember watching that as a kid. When I was a kid, there was an episode, I forget the name of the title, but it had this space monster that uh, came aboard the ship and it had a tentacle and a big eye and it would hypnotize people and they'd walk over to it and he would absorb them and swallow them into a mouth and then literally shit out a burnt carcass underneath it and that bothered the crap out of Wasn't me. Wasn't something like that in Beastmaster too? Could be. Where yes, there was. The, 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 the vampire it up. guy. Yes. Oh, so yeah. okay. for years, I mean, I'm a 52-year-old man now, for years it, it was subliminally locked in my head and um, Comet TV, which I'm trying to get as one of our sponsors because they're awesome. They played the Space 199 episode uh, marathon, and that damn episode was on there. And Lori's like, we're sitting, my wife and I are sitting on the front porch watching. She goes, You're, what's wrong? I'm like, this is it. And she goes, what? Goes, this is the, the damn monster, space monster that's bothering me. Uh, even now, my hair's still on. <laughs> it was stupid as shit. You look at it like, it looks like somebody holding a carpet up with a tap light in the middle of it with some, <laughs> with some noodles going around and shit. You know? but it scared the crap out of me, but it just, it embeds right. in your head. Yeah, and I couldn't, I couldn't make it through the episode. Oh. Hey, Star Trek. I love that. The Horda, Devil in the Dark, that episode. I'm still, I'm still. When I was little, and you had little, I'm talking about little kids now, because Star Trek's as old as I am. I wouldn't have my mom and dad come in to look for monsters under the bed. I had them to see if the Horda was underneath there. It still bothers me today. I watched it not even a week ago, and I'm like, man, that is kind of creepy. I have the same way. It's like a big blob, you know. But with clowns from Poltergeist. Oh, my God. (laughs) Don't even get me started on it. Randy loves clowns. Well, that's one of the cosplays that I play. Is there a time travel with clowns? Not that no. I know of, no. but I was going to bring up that uh... brain fart. This is typical Randy, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I have to cut this out so nobody. No, don't cut it out. It's cool. <laughs> we don't have a coffee button here. <laughs> I got off on my cosplay for clowns. Oh, that's you know, uh Because I played a clown in your uh, clown house, house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, go on. Um, this will bridge off because you said Halloween. I do elaborate things for Halloween at my house, and we have thousands of trick-or-treaters. Um, Thomas and his wife Jessica have been to our events. Um, Randy and his family have helped me with the haunted house. This year, 
And this kind of links to time travel because they did a lot of time travel on this show. Stargate SG-1. Good show. Um, I'm going to incorporate uh, my good friend TG3 uh, to come and help me design a Stargate for Halloween this year because you're going to be... Time is, time is marching on towards that. So we well, when we're done with this podcast, we're going to go look at what I was talking to you about and right. get, get an idea. But um, Stargate SG-1, they've time traveled on that show many times. And, and it bridges back to what I was saying. All science fiction programs and a lot of movies have either mentioned time travel or, or been based on time travel. So, Back to the Future, what's your second favorite uh, Oh, it's definitely Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, Bill you and like Ted. that? Yeah, it's a regular old phone booth. They, you know, and at one time in that movie, they have like 20 people in that little phone booth. You know, it it's, it's flying sideways through the tunnel, right. you know, and then bringing hot chicks back and the heavy metal and the Iron Maiden reference because I love heavy metal. All of that. Just, you You're know, in a right in. You and Thomas have a lot in common because he's yeah. a big soundtrack person as well. Yeah. Too. And when I went back and watched H.G. Wells' The Time Machine, I'm thinking, these people in the 60s when this come out had to be going, <gasps> what is this? Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know what I'm saying? I think what's superior, in my personal opinion, uh, what I find superior about older sci-fi is that because they were limited with special effects, they were limited with props, they were limited with costume, what they were limited in there, they made up for story and writing. So there was a lot of stuff that made you think about possibilities and things like, wow, that was really deep. It was like going, the acting was pretty bad. This, this looked like right. I could see the strings, but the storylines were yeah. really, really good. And it's like, yeah, the, the time machine with uh, George, uh, the George Powell version. I was like going, they made you think. They made mm-hmm. you. It's like going, what's it going to look like him moving forward and things, right. all the stop motion uh, or time lapse photography of flowers mm-hmm. opening up and things running faster so right. you can witness night and day passing really quick. Yeah, man. they they did, they compensated for their lack of technical. And, and just to, to jump on that, I am not one to go back and watch old movies or series until I learned Sean and he gives me all these things to go back and watch. And I'm actually doing that. Now, I never would have done it on my own. I never would have. I like new, fast-paced, action, right, clear view uh, cinematography or whatever. So now that I'm going back and watching these old Star Treks and watching the which had, the, I want to say one of the episodes I watched had time travel in it, yeah. where the planet was sucking them in, right? and they had to time yep. travel yep. to get away from the mm-hmm. planet. Yep. Okay, uh, And, of course, the, the time machine, which, you know, was really fascinating to me now to see it and think, wow, some people that didn't get into science fiction were probably saying, what the hell is this? That Star Trek episode you mentioned was yeah. called The Naked uh, Time, yeah. and okay. it was the very first Star Trek time travel episode, which was supposed to be a two-parter, you know original Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So when we went to the planet and they could touch each other and their sweat would transmit and they'd act like they were drunk and they'd finally go into a coma. planet was imploding. Um, Enterprise, everybody on the Enterprise had been intoxicated with this uh, uh, space disease, which is another upcoming podcast, space disease. Right. I want, to, I want to talk about space herpes. I want to talk about space herpes. I'm with you, man. Planet was imploding. Enterprise getting sucked into the gravity well. They pull away, and then slingshot. That's when they first invented yeah. the slingshot effect. And at the at the end of the episode, they were uh, four days before they even went to the planet. And everything was back to normal. That was supposed to be a two part episode. There's an ep- another episode you may not have gotten to where the Enterprise was pulling away from a, a planet that was imploding, and it sent them back to the 1950s. And they got involved with a air. It was called a, a, a 
yesterday's, it's something, the episode leaves my head, but accidentally get shot back. That was supposed to be a two-part episode. Part one was the one you and I were just talking right. about with the space disease, and then part two was them, this is what happened to them when they pulled away from the planet. They oh, got shot okay. back in time. All right. Fine, you know? so, well, I'm glad you told me that. So, now yeah. I can, so, that, no, but, so what I'm doing is I'm going back and I'm watching right. those old movies, and I'm really enjoying them now that I'm older. And then you'll see, oh, stuff I like now was inspired by this. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. You learn yeah. the inspiration. Yeah. The remake of the H.G. Wells and the cinematic. Good and bad. I didn't like the remake. I'm not a big remake guy, so. I love the look of the machine. Right. I thought the, they brought they made it more of a steampunk. It was steam powered. The, the, the handbrake lever. I love oh, that. Okay. The Fresnel lenses. Right. Creating the, the bubble. I love the look of it. I hated his motivation. Maybe that's what got me to and they and and the fact that it was Simon Wells, H.G. Wells' grandson, directing the movie and not getting the friggin' story right. So what was about the story? Because I haven't seen it. It's on my list, but I want to know. Uh, the, the Guy Pierce remake is basically it's now Alexander is Alexander Hardigan, something like that. Long he, hair? Yeah. Yeah. He's, okay. he's an American engineer. They okay. they bring it to America, it's right. set in New York. And his fiance gets killed. Okay. So he's inspired to build a time machine to save her. Okay. But because building the time machine was a consequence of her being killed, no matter how many times he saves her, there's a line that goes, I could come back a thousand times and watch her die a thousand ways. It's, right. it's destined that she died. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's supposed to die. So then he Destiny finally, gets in the way of time travel a lot. And know? so he <laughs> finally goes to the future to get an answer why he can't change the past. Right. And that's how then they lead up. So, but it's just his motive. It's like, one, why couldn't he just be a scientist and just want to build it? Right. <laughs> just figure it out. Oh, you know, if I do this and this, this and cross, you know, carry the one, I think I can do time travel. They want to draw the the, the, the different um, uh, genres and, and, and people to these movies. That's what uh, Randy and I have talked about in past podcasts, is they're making these movies to attract the younger crowd, um, uh, the, the demographics, that's the word, right. different demographics of people. Right. So if they put a love story in there, yeah. they're going to attract, you're going to bring your wife, your girlfriend, or they're gonna, or, or whoever, you yeah. know, and, and that's the way they do yeah. that. Unfortunately, because us super nerds, as we like to be called, or geeks or whatever, we're so into the details and everything that when they remake, at least for me, um, I think they ruin a lot of things. They get away from things because they're just trying to draw the action Action, people and and things like that. Um, One set of movies we have not talked about, and I'm not a super fan, but I like them, is the Terminator movies. Oh, Oh, man. Can we open that book up? You know, because that's a whole other deal. That whole it's, series is time travel. You're right. You're right. In the first couple, there, there, it's yes, they are time traveling, but you're based in to where they've time traveled to, so you're really using your imagination. What's going on? Where time they travel from. is just a MacGuffin. Right. Yes. There you the go. Story. There you go. But as the action part of those movies, fantastic to me. Well, you're talking about things that uh, he wants to change from the H.G. Wells remake we were just talking about. He wants to change his wife from dying. Well, in Terminator, there's nothing they can do to stop Skynet, at least that I've seen. Right. I've only seen, right. a, mm-hmm. only seen four of them. Well, there's six now, and they're fixing to redo another one. Genesis was horrible. Was it? That was the... Is the that with Clay, Claire? Claire Danes. Not Claire Danes. I'm sorry. It was Khaleesi, the girl. Em- Amelia Clark was in that one. Oh, okay. She All played right. a young Sarah Connor. In the first one, they melt the hand down, and it ended up... 
it, they couldn't change what was going to happen, you know, right. the world being uh, the annihilated, the world, right. yeah, into the world. But those were great. The uh, I, I liked it when they brought the uh, molten cop back that was on X Files, and I oh, can't picture. Yeah, and and he was the uh, the whole thing is he could shape shift to anything. But he just stayed in the cop form pretty much because you know the actor's got to get his face time until he gets shot with a shotgun in the right. face. You know? so, <laughs> but I thought that was really neat. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. as well. That's, yeah, again, that's where Cameron was able to take something and completely improve upon it. Terminator was great. T two was phenomenal. Yeah. E three was a popcorn movie. It yep. was enjoyable, not great. Right. T so. three remind me what was going on. That was where he finally meet where Connor is. Uh, Judgment Day is about to happen. I gotcha. That was it ends with Judgment Day finally happening. Is that the T one thousand or yeah? T2000? It's the girl. The girl. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I remember the girl Terminator. But anyway, you know, there's so many different. We could sit here all day. We could sit here and do twelve podcasts and not name everything. In the time travel world. So, DeLorean from Back to the Future versus the TARDIS. Oh, which is the best vessel to... DeLorean all day, because I can't really get into that. Now, ask me in a year after I've watched all of those, but I'm going to tell you, I love that DeLorean, and I love that whole concept, and the running around, trying to make it right. You know, one of my favorite scenes is when the Doctor has just sent him to the future, Back, back home in the end of the first one, and in the second one, J- uh, Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Fox, what's his name? Michael J. Michael J. Fox. Jamie Lee Fox. Jamie Lee Fox. Right, right. <laughs> Alien. But uh, is running back between the two fire paths. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he goes, oh my God, it didn't work. Where did that? You know, that right there is just, you know, blew my mind. And him wearing the life jacket. They called it a life jacket. I know. When he went yeah. And he wanted a tab. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Now a lot of younger kids today have this now. Right. But you know, those little those little things drew me in, like the hoverboard. I figured we would have a hoverboard by now. I would I would want one of those. I wanted one of those. I'd love to see you on a hoverboard. Right? Well I mean, but here's the deal. So beginning of Back to the Future Two, they go to what year? Do y'all know? Uh twenty fifteen. What are they doing in the very beginning when they hit twenty fifteen? They're flying cars. They're flying cars. So we are behind in what we think is going to happen in oh, the future. Oh, we're always behind. Right. <laughs> always so, All science fiction we're way behind. So here's the deal. It full circle comes back to always behind in time travel, right? I want one of these cars that can drive me wherever and I don't have to pay attention. And that 2015 scene of the cars flying, I always wanted that. And I'm so disappointed now as an adult we don't have that. So... <laughs> That's just the type of stuff that I like. My funniest time travel time travel machine story of all time has to be this. I'm taking the time machine uh, to one of my first events. It was the Steampunk Exhibition in Florida at the Daytona. Right. Driving down the road, I got the trailer hooked up to the car, and we're going along. And mm-hmm. you could kind of see in the back of my trailer, because of course I built the trailer, so it's not right. fully enclosed. And we're pulling on to Daytona International Speedway, right near the racetrack. And I see up ahead of me, a car turns. And Jessica goes, oh, Thomas, look, it's a DeLorean. I went, "Uh uh-uh. That is the time machine DeLorean. So I I speed up to catch up to it because we were at at a stoplight when it turned. Right. And I speed up, and we go past it. And we go, oh, we should slow down and take a picture. 
So we slow down. Well, the DeLorean slows down. We slow down. The DeLorean slow down. We He's slow. trying to look at your thing on the trailer. So we're going, <laughs> we're going okay, okay. And so finally, he pulls up beside us, opens up the door while he's driving. The gold wing door opens up. He goes, hey, buddy, is that a time machine in the back of your trailer? <laughs> <laughs> we have been good friends with the hollers ever since. That's awesome. Wow, that is nice. crazy. So, but it's funny that he was slowing down to see yours, and you're like, what's going on here? <laughs> it's like going to the kids. <laughs> so that was one of the best moments with owning a time machine. Wow. So H.G. Wells' original time machine can outrun the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, when it's on a trailer. <laughs> no, it's concept. It's concept. There's just so many different things. So I'm going to ask you the same question. Um, Doctor Who's TARDIS versus uh, um, H.G. Wells' time machine. What would win in a fight or a race? Oh, well, the TARDIS by leaps and bounds because it can technically move through time and space. Correct. It is a, it is a spaceship. Mine, it, but at least mine can roll. Yours can I, roll. I don't, as, as long, long as the battery's charged. Yeah, exactly. As long as I don't have to. I don't. I never wanted to drag it away. Rod Taylor did when he had to flip it over and drag it back into position. Oh my god! I didn't want to do that. Um, oh, offshoot. Yeah. So, talking about brakes on your time machine. <laughs> Tell us the uh, the Jessica and the Dragon Con story. Uh, so the first year or the only year, 2012, we took the time machine to Dragon Con in Atlanta. And I was like, well, I'm going to get this in the parade. It's a parade flood. I bought a deep cycle marine battery. I want to make sure I had enough power to get in the right. mile and a half that it does the parade route. And uh, so we're driving around, and we're going down Peachtree Street, right down the heart of Atlanta. It's, well, it's a great one. Uh, I've got the parade wave going on. We're cruising on down the road. And we get to a turn. We get to Baker Street at the end of Peachtree. Or it's not the end, but get to a turn. And it's supposed to take a right turn. I looked down Baker Street, and Baker Street literally was a 45-degree angle downhill. And I look, oh at, I look, at, I look at Jessica <laughs> with death on my face. Like, literally, I turned white as a sheet. I went, this vehicle doesn't have brakes. How are we going to stop That it? moment in time stops. <laughs> You're like, I forgot to put brakes on my time. I was like going, I have no way to slow this thing down. I've always just, you know, I've always been worried about it going. I've never been worried about having to stop it. Right. You just give it a little push. It goes and coasts to the yeah. top. Yeah. And so my first attempt was, I was like, well, maybe if I slalom the hill, oh. it well, I took the first turn and I banked it. And I'm like going, and I nearly flipped it over. I'm like going, that's it. So we get out and we're holding on to the iron, the steel frame, which are the rails of the machine, trying to hold back over 500 pounds. Wow. And trying to steer professionally with still smiles on our faces <laughs> holding this thing from trying to go catastrophically into the next parade flip that's right. right in front of us uh yeah that's the first and only uh time that the time machine will ever be in atlanta it will never be <laughs> so the faster you got you realized the crowd was turning into moral eyes god love jessica i've seen pictures of her in this, and you'll have to send Randy some to show on the yeah. uh, YouTube, which you should you should subscribe to because we need subscribers. But uh, it's it's hilarious. But they were very professional about it, and it's time machine related because uh, Thomas uh, is the only person that I know that actually has an actual time machine. I know people with DeLoreans. We have a lot of great ones that come to Sci-Fi Bartow every third Saturday in February, uh, downtown Bartow. Free event. Everybody's free. It's free. Come to it. It's the 15th of uh, February in 2020. 
So, um, and it's a Main Street Bar too. Incorporated event, shameless plug. I do that. I need to talk about our sponsors too. Um, but uh, it's uh, it's amazing. This I don't know where I was going with that. I got off my shoe. Something about machines. Machines. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you got all types of of devices to time travel with. I wanted him to talk about that because when I met Thomas, that was one of the first things he was telling me. You know, I stalked Thomas for a year. <laughs> to find him because I had I had the beginning works of Sci-Fi Bartow coming up and I'd run into this gentleman that had an H.G. Wells time machine replica that was almost spot on. I would say it was spot on. And I said, I got to find out. So I, I was talking to people and all that and dropped it, forgot about it. Never going to find this guy. And then one day I was talking to someone uh, on, with my day job and they said, yeah, you ever been up to that Chilton Science place? Because there's a guy that's really into science fiction. He built a time machine. I'm like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and then from then on, I went and I found Thomas, and he was uh, honored to be. Um, he's been in almost every sci-fi except for two, I think. The one. Well, I wasn't the first one. Right, because you didn't was know. It? I didn't get you in didn't time. Didn't know about it. it. And then you had something else personal going on. And then I had the marathon I did. And the marathon, right. I didn't want, yeah, uh, Thomas is a big muscular arm guy, so <laughs> you know. <laughs> I scoff at that comment. I stab at thee with my last breath. But uh, DeLoreans, um, there's, everyone tries to replicate those things. And even if you see a DeLorean without the flare on it, it's mm -hmm. still the time machine from Back to the Future. It's iconic. Right. That's what I'm getting at. When you see a police phone booth, that's iconic. You automatically think of Doctor Who if you were into that. You see a telephone booth, which is very rare. It's uh, um, iconic. What are other some some other iconic things that you see in real life that remind you of time travel? A porta john. Yeah, that does a lot. The Doctor Who TARDIS. I call it a tourist. Yeah. And for some reason, some genius decided to paint or use uh, blue plastic on some of those. So there have been times I've taken pictures of going down the road and pull up beside a, uh, a septic tank guy that's got more on the back of his truck. And I'm like, oh, it's the Doctor Who's TARDIS. This thing smells like shit. You know? So, <laughs> what do you think about it? There's no real other iconic. I know. Because literally it's either an enormous contraption that's, that again is just used as a MacGuffin for time travel that you don't really see, or it's something MacGuffin. Look that word up. Or it's a or seeing like clock stoppers. It's a watch. You know, yeah. Something, something stupid and small. So it's like the necklace, the, the time turner. A ring reminds me of time travel because there was a, I believe it was an Outer Limits. Um, it was a time travel episode in the future. They had. Um, made time travel a, 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 a real thing, a teaching element, so teachers could use time travel. So they'd all put on these rings, and it would keep them out of the um, main future or past that they'd go to without disturbing. Do you remember this episode? Guy was really into uh, John F. Kennedy, and they went back to the day John F. Kennedy got assassinated. Yada, 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 short storyline, great story. At the end of it, the teacher took his ring off and put it on JFK and he took JFK's place and got shot. So technically 
JFK still got shot, but JFK, the real JFK, went back went back to the future. Was this a series? No, it was on the Outer Limits. It was an Outer Limits episode. There was a new series, though. It was the one with James Franco. Yes. Yeah. Trying, trying to save. I heard, I didn't see it, but I heard great things about That's that fantastic. Yes. Great episode. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, anything with things like that. So we're getting closer to the end of this podcast, I believe. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Um, we need I want to ask you guys one last question before we get out of here. First off, I want to thank our sponsors, J&E Creations, for making the Sci-Fi Bartow uh, Thermal Cup. Check it out. Go to their Facebook page. It's the one with the logo that looks like a little bee. Um, there's a couple of them that go to that one. She has the Sci-Fi Bartow uh, Cup. There's two sizes. Um, there's no one alike. It has the Sci-Fi Bartow logo on it. Check that out. Put her Facebook page yeah, up. I want to talk about SNL Restaurant um, in Lakeland, Florida. They're one of our sponsors. Best hamburger in the universe. All of us have eaten there. Um, my sister-in-law owns that restaurant, and she's a great sponsor and always backs us totally 100%. Sci-Fi Bartow, uh, uh, one of our main sponsors, Main Street Bartow Incorporated, a bit. Um, they're also a sponsor, and we're looking for sponsors. It doesn't cost much to sponsor us. We would bake, bake, basically take a pizza or something like that, but money would be great. We don't ask for a whole lot. Um, Chilton Sides is another great sponsor. Um, Thomas has uh, worked there for years and has invented and created some fantastic to see things around your uh, desk at work that you've created, like mm -hmm. your your homage to the Haunted Mansion posters and other things. You can catch all kinds of things. My last question to you both. If time travel was real, which we don't know if it is or not, it could be. I could be a time traveler. Well, you guys could be a time traveler. What would you change if you could go back in time? Randy. I wouldn't change Randy if I'm asking you. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. What would I change? You know, I'm not. It doesn't matter. It could be your personal life or future events or whatever. What What do you think you would change? I, the one thing I want in life is to live forever. Okay. So I'm not sure I would go back in time. I would go forward to find out what it would take because I think eventually in the future, we're going to find a way to keep people alive longer. Correct. So that's where I think I would go. That's what I love that. What about you, Thomas? Uh, I used to want to go back for personal reasons uh, to witness an event. Okay. Just to find out some information. But I found out that information, so I don't need to go back. So maybe you did go back and just don't realize it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if I were to go back to change anything, it's, you know, it stopped me from dating that one girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's always that one regret date that you don't want. It's like, why did I, I midlife crisis thing? I don't know. Um, I'm kind of more now that I, I guess I would use time travel as a historical fact checker. Oh, that's a good. Idea. Yes. I would go back to things that have always been perplexing, you know, to to certify things. Uh, to verify that things actually happen the way we claim they happen. Right. I would do that. But then I would also want to see where we're going. Yep. So fact checker. See where see you know, see how either big or small the next year. Kill your friend. Death on anyone. It's just I wanna be able to go like walk up to be like, no. Don't walk away. Go get a smoothie. Go walk. Right. You know, that, that's great. What about you, Sean? Um I have this is a subject that I've thought about for many years. Um God, if I can time travel, personal-wise, I don't mind getting personal. There's been things that happened in 
my life and my wife's life that I would say, I'm going to go back in time when I eventually build my time machine that works, that has a brake pedal. Um, <laughs> I would recommend adding one. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to go back and I'm going to fix it so these things don't happen. And I thought about it. I went to sleep about it. I've written it down. I really studied it. You know, gosh, what would happen? If I went back in time and changed anything, it would mess up me meeting Lori, my wife. Even from the smallest thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a lot of personal pain in both of our lives growing up and stuff. If I change any of that, it would change who I am in the future and who Lori is because... Again, I bridge everything to Star Trek. Star Trek V, one of the worst Star Trek movies ever made. The Search for God. The Search for God. Dr. McCoy, um, when Cybox, Spock's brother, said, I'm going to take away your pain, he goes, no, I need my pain. It makes me who I am. So I don't want to change anything. Right. I got you. I won't, if I, and, and in the fantasy world or whatever, not really fantasy, the, I would be like Thomas. I want to go see the dinosaurs. I want to see living, breathing dinosaurs outside of Jurassic Park. Um, I, I want to see what it was like, if they're telling us the true facts about it, because there's no way to know. Yeah. You know, they could have been birds as far as we know, with you know, as they found evidence of that. Um, future travel, I would love to see that, um, but I, I'm i discouraged as of late. I don't know what a future is going to be like, and it may not be Star Trek or... <coughs> Yeah. It's more. It's probably gonna be more like Logan's Run, where <laughs> you get killed at thirty. Oh, it's your 29th birthday. We got a party for you. Look at that. It's a carousel. Look at that. I got a red hand. My hand's blinking. Uh, non uh, time travel, but kind of. But I would like to see the future, the distant future, and the past. I don't know which one I would stay at. I would probably survive more with the dinosaurs than with what mankind or whatever happens. But uh, I, I would like to see one extreme to the next. I think yeah, is what yeah. I would like to see. You know, yeah. how I would do that if it's a police box, a DeLorean, a, 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 a time machine with no brakes. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, and that's basically what H.G. Wells did in his movie. He went to the distant future, and it was a mess. It yeah. was, it was cannibalism. It was uh, one type of humans have modified to one type and the other people were cattle pretty much. You know? Right, yeah. So you never know what you're going to get when you time travel. But as for personal stuff, if any of you out there in podcast land, YouTube land, ever get to time travel, don't screw with your past. Yes. I, despite, I keep going back to Endgame, I disagree with the way they looked at that on right. that because we've been raised on DeLoreans, police boxes, and H.G. Wells. And I, I believe that what you do has consequences in the future, you know. Yeah, the one, the yeah. butterfly effect, if you will. Mm-hmm. One, one thing, one small little thing. Um, oh, you go get a smoothie and you miss that girlfriend, but maybe that girlfriend led you in a roundabout way to Jessica. You know, if you trace it back. Now I'm telling you, this is crazy, but I, I thought about shit like this, you know. So it's just. The smallest little thing. It yeah. might have changed the job. Well, people always mm-hmm. ask me when I have the time machine, oh, can I go back and do this? It was like, no, you can only watch it. Yep, you, you can, can only see. watch it. You can only watch it again. You can't change it. <laughs> destiny. We talk about destiny screws with time travel in a lot of movies, like your uh, uh, Christopher Reeve movie and uh, and all that, and, and your um, the remake of the uh, original time machine. I believe that. I believe that when you're meant to die, you're meant to die. Sorry, Randy. I know you want to live forever, but... 
You can walk, you can pull out of my driveway and a pterodactyl oh, will swoop down because yeah. I've invented time travel and eat you. you know? That's right. So yeah. You never know. And you got to live every day for what it is. Message, love your life. Don't get tied up in the small crap. Live your life. Don't time travel unless you're just going to say, hey, look at me. I had hair back in 1984 or whatever, which I did. <laughs> Would I stop myself from going for what I blame is my hair loss? I used to go to the uh, barber. It was a stylist. And I had every hairstyle of the 80s from a mullet to a mohawk to I even had my hair permed. I had everything. Wow. I had the Billy Idol hair. Oh, wow. I had it all because I love the 80s. And when I went to get my hair perm, my stylist, Jimmy, great guy, still doing hair, don't do it. It's going to mess your hair up. I said, but I want to look like David Hasselhoff, <laughs> Night Rider. He goes, Sean, I'm going to do this for you. But I'm warning you, it could have bad consequences. And less than a year and a half later, my hair started falling out of my head. Wow. Don't let that deter you, ladies or gentlemen, getting your hair dyed or curled or whatever, but there are consequences. Now I'm happier being bald. Wearing a hat. If you've ever thought about shaving your head, no, <laughs> take it off now. I like the faker because it messes with people's minds. I know, you know? And I, yeah, for and a long time. And it's Sean. You know? I thought it was so your like, Sean, yeah, or Sean. <laughs> That's the boring job. I took my hat off, so, you know. <laughs> anyway, don't change it. Great time with you guys another great interview thank you thomas for thank joining you. us for another episode and we'll have you back in the near future um coming up on near podcast we're going to be talking to a bigfoot expert oh yes and a area 51 storming is that a great idea I have <laughs> absolutely a, I, I have a great i have a guest <laughs> they have terror runs and they have guns yes. i think i know who's going to win this one they can't get us off i have a guy coming in that's actually been to area 51 that gates and we're going to ask him about security and um, uh, a game plan on how weapons prop check and <laughs> things like that, you know. And is there really a UFO hidden in Area 51? I think the microwaves are alien technology, just for just for a tease of that show. So, you guys got anything to say before we buzz off? I do. I would just like to say that we talked about all these different time travel things, and I'm about food, and I forgot the Black and Decker hydrator in Back to the Future 2 turned a little pizza into the big pizza. It Y'all does. remember that? And that, yes. that was one of my favorite scenes. So We're supposed to be eating pills and vitamins and all that in the future. And I think the world's actually going to that. Yeah, you know, it seems like now it. Now it is, you know. But no kale. I'm not eating kale. So <laughs> leave that out of it. If it ain't meat, and my good friend Thomas Galvin will agree with me, if they ain't no meat, it ain't worth eating. Is that right? Meditarian. Yeah. Meditarian. It sounded like you were saying, if it's not me or Thomas, I'm not eating meat. <laughs> I'm, not eating meat. <laughs> I'm, not, I, I'm kind of tough and gamey. I bet he is. <laughs> he's, he's, he's one of those gamey animals. Thank you guys for joining us. We look forward to seeing you again on Talking Sci-Fi with Sci-Fi Sean and Randy. Thanks, Thomas. Thank you. Have a great one. Live long and prosper. Talking Sci-Fi wants to thank Bruce McGill, the author of the iconic time box, for creating our new intro, and Chris Bowick for the use of his music. Thank you, guys. Corrupt! Oh.